throw with the shot. Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, Kansas City's Premier League game show podcast. I'm your host, James Rose, and joining me once again is the man who fronts the KC Spurs fan group, adores seahorse-shaped chocolates, and whose pumpkin carving skills could put him top of a Google search. It's Mr. Jared Bustamante. Good evening, Mr. Rose. How are you, sir? I am good, thank you. And we are delighted to announce the return of the man who leads the KC Gunners fan base, who beat Jared at the final moments in last week's contest, and who loves to dress as a Spurs fan for Halloween. It's Mr. Boyce Richardson. Good evening, Mr. Rose. How are you? Great. I'm good. All right, so away we go. Top four is the first game once again today. Kind of like top four of the table. A dreamland for Everton one day, perhaps. <sighs> one can dream. Right, Rooney? Anyway, once again, each of our players will attempt to guess the most talked about events of the weekend's action and will take turns in their guesses. Now, since Boyce started last week, it's only fair that Jared gets the first shot. So, Jared, admittedly a somewhat slow weekend, but what do you think was the most discussed event slash highlight in the Premier League this weekend? Let's see. Uh, the uh, shots my own personal fan heart. I'm going to say uh, Manchester United over Spurs 1-0 at Old Trafford. You would be correct. That is actually number one on the list this week, and that is certainly the top talking point. Now, last season, this is an interesting stat, and I think you shared this too, Jared. Spurs were unbeaten when Kane was absent from the team, yet obviously this time around he was absent and, well, they got beat. So my question to you is the fact that Harry Kane was absent, did that make the key difference or was something else not quite firing for Spurs? Uh, I think it's a mix of both. Uh, you absolutely saw uh, a uh, kind of an, it was a bunker defense of uh, Mourinho, which he has done time and time again. Uh, I think Jose Mourinho is uh, several things, including stubborn uh, and that worked. <laughs> yep. But what we saw was in the past with uh, uh, different Spurs uh, squads, you saw, just speed up and down the flanks, up and down the flanks. Nobody would confuse Ben Davis for speed up and down the flanks. And there was nothing working through the midfield. And I think that kind of exposed uh, a bit of a weakness for Spurs uh, Mm -hmm. is that, uh, that focal point uh, up top uh, that Harry Kane can hold the ball, big, strong striker, play it off to the likes of Deli Alley and son uh, and, uh, and create chances. I think, that was evidenced by the fact that uh, Sun pulled off for uh, Fernando Llorente, uh, big, strong striker up up top, uh, and it didn't work, mm. um, which was disappointing for me because Sonny was a very bright player in that uh, uh, in that team. Mm. Uh, and then you look at uh, Spurs vulnerable on uh, not even a counter, but just a uh, it was practically a goal kick, flicked to yeah. Lukaku. 
you know, get in behind. Eric Dyer caught ball watching. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a testament to you cannot make a mistake, not even for a moment in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spurs paid for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was a little different. I think uh, Spurs are still, I think they're still finding their legs um, on, uh, you know, playing five and six defenders, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 in Mauricio, I trust. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, the, you take nothing away from United. There were several, several chances. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they are, they are capable of of a of a quick strike. And to kind of uh, you know, peg on what Boyce was saying last week, they haven't really played anybody of note. And uh, I tell you what, they took their time, they took their chances, and they capitalized this mm-hmm. weekend. That is true. Uh, Boyce, what uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think Man United came? Extra prepared this week with a with a stronger game plan, or what do you think they did right? Well, in contrast to my opinion from last week, I'm actually going to praise Jose Mourinho this week. Although I will say <laughs> that I think for the most part, I, I don't think there was any additional planning that went into this match. I think basically Jared was 100% correct in that Mourinho is employing the same strategy apparently at Old Trafford now that he employs when he's away. He just parked the bus against Spurs, but at this point, by the 60th, I think between the 60th and 70th minute, it looked like Helms deep with the opposite result. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations where it was just an endless siege on Hugo Lloris, and I think to his credit, outside of a few spills, he performed to the level you would expect. But at some point, something was going to give. In watching this game, I think I was a little bit surprised by just how quickly the goal came about. But I would say in analyzing this weekend of Premier League football, the right side of defenses let basically every team down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't any difference for Spurs this week. You know, you again, another instance of ball watching where Ben Davis just wasn't prepared and wasn't quick enough on his feet to be able to see the ball go from Lukaku to Martial. And to Martial's credit, the ball did dig into the ground, but it was a great shot exactly mm-hmm. where it needed to be. And Mourinho got to walk off drenched from the pitch in victory, which is an unfortunate <laughs> result, but still the reality. <laughs> that is indeed the reality. And the one thing I saw actually at the very end of the game um, was Mourinho whispering or gesturing some kind of whisper motion to the cameras. Um, what do you think that was in relation to, Jared? Was that something a little, a little sneaky going on there? Or what, what was the deal with that? <laughs> I, you know, who knows? I, uh, <laughs> Josie, jo, you know, he loves to play these games. You know, I think he fancies himself, uh, uh, you know, he loves these cat and mouse games with the media and, uh, he is, you know, what I was going to say, he fans of a little Brian Clough of Leeds, uh, but simply <laughs> not as charming, uh, nor as talented if you ask me, but the, you know, it, it just invites, you know, discussion from, you know, uh, people like us and yeah. And, and I, I don't know. Uh, he is, uh, he's an enigma. Uh, and I think he likes to keep it that way. I, I, I'm not going to speculate either mm-hmm. way. I, 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 I think he's baiting everybody and I'm going to ignore him. Yeah. Unlike Jared, I think I'm willing to engage in some speculation here. My theory is that Jose Mourinho actually heard the, uh, who kicked the corner flag podcast from last week. <laughs> A slight tinge of disrespect from my analysis of United's performance thus far in the 17-18 campaign and was trying to get his point across. Mm. Yet to hear from him or his agent, but uh, we will confirm if that truly was the case. Uh, Right, on to the next one. Uh, Boyce, you're up. First shot. What do you think made the top four? 
So I do think your earlier analysis is quite true. There wasn't a lot going on this weekend, mm-hmm. but in our off-podcast conversations, I'm going to go with Mikel Antonio, Slevin Bilic, <laughs> and West Ham's performance this weekend against Crystal Palace. That is correct, sir. That is second on the list. Good job, guys. We've got one and two. Um, Crystal Palace are one of four teams in the big European leagues yet to keep a clean sheet this season, yet... They somehow found a way in the 97th minute to equalise against uh, against West Ham. Um, so, Boyce, my, uh, obviously you mentioned um, the, the moment at the end of the game, but what is... Well, we talked a little bit about this last week too, but uh, Bilic, is he hanging on by a thread for his job or do you think he should be cut loose at this point? What's, what's the deal? I think if you were a West Ham fan, you would have been forgiven in the 95th minute of that game against Crystal Palace for thinking that Slavin Village might actually have saved his managerial position this week. A 2-1 victory, or at least what looked like a 2-1 victory against Crystal Palace, and if not for Miguel Antonio, who I'm sure had a lovely time in the, uh, in the locker room post-match with Slavin Village breathing directly into his face while he was screaming and spitting all over the place. You one know, one that, could only you know, imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if Slavin Village doesn't survive this week that he only has one person to blame outside of himself, and that might be Mikel Antonio. I mean, I'm sitting here re-watching the goals. Both of those goals that West Ham scored this week were incredible. I'm not a big Chicharito fan, but that first side-footed finish was incredible. And then you look at the IU goal from outside of the box and you think – there's enough talent on this West Ham team to do at least some damage and certainly be better than what I think they're presently 17th in the table. Mm, something like that, yeah. They're, they're pretty low down, but yeah. I'd be surprised if Slavin Bilic survives this week despite his League Cup victory against Tottenham and his potential League Cup follow-up victory against Arsenal in uh, <laughs> the North London Derby circuit. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Well, I think it's kind of a race to the bottom now. Uh, I know I said last week that I thought, you know, perhaps there's an opportunity here for uh, West Ham to kind of right the ship uh, against Spurs. And they did that. Uh, a dramatic comeback uh, coming back in the second half of that of that League Cup uh, uh, game and, and winning and kind of shot in the arm. But to just throw it all away mm-hmm. against uh, uh, Crystal Palace, who is... Uh, you know, again, they have that one feather in their cap, but are historically bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of with Boyce here. I don't see how uh, he he survives, uh, mainly because you, when you look at uh, just the cast off comments, uh, the League Cup, uh, you saw a lot of cast off comments from uh, Spurs supporters saying, "Well, it doesn't matter. We don't really care about it." So on and so forth. Greater competitions, other spots. Take that for what you will. Uh, but no mistake can be made here. Uh, everyone is chasing that uh, the brass ring of the premiership. So to come in and then just squander that mm. that opportunity for what appeared to be a three points that I think we all agree is a you know to echo Boyce's sentiment. Uh, this is a talented team. Mm. This is a team that is capable of scoring goals. This is a team that is capable of you would think uh, uh, of. Uh, taking points. Uh, but for some reason you have to think, well, what needs to change mm. the yeah. mental fortitude of the side? And I think the manager is probably the most responsible for that. Uh, I will be surprised if he survives, uh, until November. 
We shall see. Tony, time will tell. Right, uh, back to you, Jared. Uh, we've got two options left. Uh, what else made the top four? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the continued demise over uh, over at Everton. Uh, Leicester over Everton in 2-0 and Leicester vaulting to, I believe, number 11 uh, in the table. You would be correct. That is on the list, but that is fourth. So that only gets you the point, but on the list nonetheless. Um, a few stats just to kind of... Uh, get things started here. Vardy has been involved in 13 goals in the last 15 Premier League games at the King Power Stadium. And, of course, he scored once again for his new manager. Uh, question for you, Jared. Is uh, Leicester now back in back in action and back in form, so to speak, with their new manager? Or do you think there's still a little bit of, little bit of a teething process still to go through? You know, I, I think it's the latter. Uh, I think... Uh, and I'm, I'm very glad you threw those stats out. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and knock uh, Leicester City's website. I was trying to find those stats. Oh, yeah. And, my God, I just got bored and gave up. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out how many goals Jamie Vardy has scored this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, been involved in 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's the key there. Involved in 13 I, um, in I the last 15. Great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, keeping a clean sheet against Everton. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, deserve a medal for doing that this season. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you, uh, you can't argue with the result. Uh, I think at this point, uh, you have, uh, two sides that are, um, uh, in a little bit of tumult here. And, um, I don't think anyone would be wrong in assuming that, well, whoever would kind of win that match, uh, would be the side kind of coming out the sunny end. And I think that's how this is going to end up this season. I think Lester, uh, will likely, uh, prevail in hanging on to players like Mares and Vardy uh, and live to play again. I, uh, I, I think this is, we're just seeing the continued demise of Everton. And um, I, I wonder where they are going to go from here. Uh, they need goals and they need them badly. They do. Yeah. Um, so boys on that. So let's give you another stat here. Everton have now conceded 20 goals in the first 10 games of Premier League of this Premier League season. That is the worst record since their 1994 campaign. Uh, what do Everton need to do? They are damn near the bottom. They're sinking fast. Obviously, they've just, fan it. They've just fired their manager. Excuse me. Um, what, what help do they need? <laughs> well, I think first and foremost, the help that they need is to actually put out a lineup that makes some semblance of sense. Yeah. I think Kuman's downfall in this campaign has clearly been an inability to put forth a team that actually makes positional sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the Everton have a few players that are out injured, but for the most part, there's a core there that I think could at least do some damage. But at this point, at least to my, the best of my recollection, I haven't even seen Gilfie Sigurdsson occupy the number 10 role mm-hmm. for some strange reason. The thought process for Kuman was that Wayne Rooney needed to occupy that role instead of the striker's role. And while I understand that they have a a young lad who they're trying to bet in that position, Mm -hmm. I think that Wayne Rooney is clearly the best striker that Everton have right now. And I think that's part of the problem is Wayne Rooney obviously showed in the game against Arsenal that he can still put the ball in the back of the net. But I just don't think that at this point he's sufficient to lead a team. Mm, But I do think that the combination of Gilfie Sigurdsson and Wayne Rooney is a far superior combination than Wayne Rooney in the center of the park and Gilfie Sigurdsson literally anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But what about their new guy? They have, uh, I think he kind of debuted a couple weeks ago. Is it Niasse? I can't even say his name. Niasse. Um, What do we think of him? Do you think he could change the game at all or? 
Potentially. I think that there's at least an opportunity there for him to provide some goals for Everton. But I do think that in the end, it certainly appears as though they're looking to Calvert-Lewin as somebody who's mm-hmm. going to provide goals as we progress on the season and throughout future campaigns. Yeah. I just – there are flashes of talent in the front lines at Everton, but I just don't think there's enough. Mm-hmm. And it pains me to say it just for the simple fact that I respect Everton as a football club. I honestly think they're in a dangerous position when it comes to relegation. Yeah. Yeah, they spent uh, all that money. They sold the one player that they needed most desperately, which is Romelu Lukaku. And I mean, if you look at Manchester United this season, he's demonstrating his value for one of the top clubs in the Premier League. Yes. And when he was on Everton, it was a massive boost for them. And they just really, honestly, haven't seemed to recover from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel for Everton actually. I mean, one of the clubs that I do actually respect, and, and let's just hope they uh, they somehow find a way to turn it around. <laughs> Uh, right, last one. Boyce, uh, you're up. You've got one more topic to get. Uh, can you guess it? What do you think? So I went with this last week, and I've been sitting here pondering whether or not I need to go with it again, and I think that I will, just for the simple dearth of other information coming out this weekend. But I think Manchester City's just unstoppable force of offense is something that potentially at least might occupy the third spot this week. Unfortunately, it did not. And I'm quite surprised as well because they have been pretty rampant, but it did not take the spot. So, Jared, we're back to you. Can you guess the last one? Wow. Wow. You know, I actually have that there in my notes. It was just simply city continues dot, dot, dot. (laughs) So, uh, Boyce, you were not alone there. Uh, I'm going to go down my list, and I'm going to say holders over Cherries one nil, not or not on the list either. No, back to you, boys. Third shot for you. <laughs> I'll tell you that I'm down to to two. Either Arsenal's two one victory over Swansea City, marking their thirteenth straight win at the Emirates, or Liverpool's three nil victory against Huddersfield Town. Which one is it? Which one you going with? I think tip your hand, manager of Casey Gunners. I would be remiss since I didn't choose it last week. If I am, if I didn't go with Arsenal over Swansea City and Arsene Wenger's, I believe, 800th match in charge of Arsenal. Despite the awesome stats there, that did not make the list either. So, Jared, this is your last shot. Can you get it? <laughs> Liverpool over West Brom. There, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Liverpool winning, no. Arsenal over, uh, Arsenal over West Brom. Liverpool over Huddersfield, my mistake. Li- that is uh, correct. I'll give you that recovery point. Yes, that my... did make the top four. That is in third spot, so that gives you two points. Um, one quick stat here to start it off. No side has missed more Premier League penalties than Liverpool, and of course we refer to that glorious miss from that one and only guy. Um, what do we take from the match, though? I mean, Liverpool now back on, you know, 3-0, obviously having their horrible game last week. Um, do we tip our hat to Jurgen Klopp? Is he back in Liverpool fans' good books, or what's the deal there? Well, I, I have here in my notes, I say Liverpool writes the ship, and I think uh, without overstating any, any significance of any single league match. I think this was important for Jurgen Klopp. Uh, it was a match that they were supposed to win, uh, despite Huddersfield, uh, their uh, David and Goliath win over United. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, uh, carrying a stat that you just mentioned, uh, missing uh, uh, penalties and the like, uh, at the end of the day, to to win this league, you know, Great teams win the matches they are supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
that is what Jurgen Klopp can take back to the supporters. I don't think this cures all the ills. Uh, I think there are uh, defensive struggles uh, that will continue to exist uh, for Liverpool based simply on their personnel. Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said for, again, winning the games you are supposed to win and then moving on to the next. I We would be having a very different conversation and very different points would be awarded for this answer should <laughs> Huddersfield have stepped over Liverpool uh, and we would be talking about the new ascendancy of elite Huddersfield football <laughs> and the demise of Liver the Liverpool Reds. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not where we are. So I think this was business as usual, but I don't believe there is too much to be read into this either way. And I do mean that also for Huddersfield. Uh, I, I still think, uh, you know, we are, we are kind of wide open on who is, you know, going to stay up this year. And based on previous conversations, talking about Everton being in danger, uh, I, I think Huddersfield have displayed their, their ability to probably stay up. So even if I'm a Huddersfield supporter, I'm not reading too much into, you know, losing to Liverpool this weekend. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And Salah was the name of that player. I was I had a little mind fart there trying to figure out who was the one who missed the penalty better. Uh, Boyce, any, it's any... the only shot he's missed. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Of all of them. Uh, Boyce, any, any comments on this match? I have to say, I think the comment that comes out of this match for me is uh, applaud it to Kevin Friend, of all people. I think <laughs> the penalty was well-deserved. I believe it was on Tommy Smith from Huddersfield Town. But I'm tired of seeing all of this shirt grabbing in the box during corner kicks. Too, and he almost too. beheaded Firmino. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those situations where I'm proud to say an EPL center actually called a correct PK at a time that it was necessary. And I'm hoping that if a few more of those get called, that corner kicks might actually become a thing of value again. Mm -hmm. The only other comment that I have off of this match is what the hell is going on with Roberto Firmino's goal celebration? I don't know if either of you watched it. <laughs> some sort of like drunken master as he's staggering towards the corner flag. He looked like he just downed a fifth of vodka <laughs> scored. I don't, I don't yeah. get what, coming from with I that. think it's originality you know they they, they always see like people do certain celebrations and they just want to be a little bit different but again sometimes it doesn't quite pay off but uh anyway we'll leave we'll leave that there uh right scores thus far then Gerard is Gerard excuse me is currently on seven points Boyce is on three still lots to play for as we move on to our next game which is extra time a fan favorite of course but in case you missed it here's how it works each player is going to get a topic of discussion, one which they don't know about, but in turn, they have 60 seconds to discuss said topic, but cannot repeat any word already spoken, hesitate, or deviate from the topic. And a new addition this week is relevance. So that would be what the person is saying has to actually be accurate. So at any points during their attempts, the other can challenge by shouting, challenge. If they get through the whole minute, they'll be awarded three points. But if their opponent correctly challenges, they can steal the topic and attempt to play out the minute. Uh, Jared, obviously, we had a little bit of a rough start last week with this. So you're going to go first, okay? And then, like I said, boys can challenge if you happen to hesitate, deviate, repeat, or lack relevance. So, Jared, are you ready? I am ready, and I'm also ready to uh, institute an appeal, an appellate procedure uh, <laughs> based upon the appropriate relevant challenges. And uh, Mr. Richardson, I expect briefing. We can agree on a week schedule, correct? I think that that's probably fair. <laughs> All right. Fair. Right, Jared, for 60 seconds, please discuss the following. Please discuss 
The offside rule. Time starts now. Is even on or is it off? One of the discussions that I have had with my father-in-law, the first time I met him, discussing whether or not the offside rule is communist. Based on his interpretation, somebody getting in behind the defense should be rewarded. A basketball fan, why shouldn't that person go in and score? My point to him was basically it controls the game. There is no reason why that challenge. A... Oh, we have a challenge. Boyce, what's up? I believe he used the word him twice. I, you know what? Uh, you say that. I, I think he did as well, actually. Yeah, uh, I would believe that. Uh, pronouns. We're hitting on pronouns. Pronouns are getting us. You know, that's, me. that's the nature challenge of the game. <laughs> breathing on Jared. <laughs> God, what is this, the NFL? Uh, it's getting close to it. Um, right, boys, you have 21 seconds. The topic is yours. Try and complete it. Your time starts now. I think that in many cases, the defenders are given an unnecessary advantage by the offside rule. And the fact that it is applied haphazardly by centers, including Kevin Friend, who I mentioned and earlier. time is up. Nice work, boys. You have stolen the topic and successfully stolen all three points for that category. Congratulations. And we move swiftly on. Uh, Boyce, it's your turn this time with this topic. Uh, for 60 seconds, please discuss red cards. Your time starts now. Granite Jaka. That is the beginning of my discussion of red cards. I think they are applied in much the same way as offside in that Centers seemingly give challenge. Oh, we have a challenge, Jared. The word that. The word that was oh. twice. Yes, it was. <laughs> there was another one actually too. I think I spotted. But anyway, we'll stick with the word that. Uh, nice work, Jared. The topic goes to you. You have forty-two seconds. Please discuss red cards. Your time starts now. The main problem that I see with it is what happens when a soft red is applied with respect to a suspension from the FA. There are rules that apply to the review of soft reds or the Challenge. review Challenge. of hard reds. Yes, voice, go. In the what is the most obvious way, he said red twice. You know, I'm going to actually let this one slide because one thing I didn't quite clarify in the rules is you can actually <laughs> say the title of the, of the category Yes. Uh, two or three times. So that was my bad. But I'm going to let this one slide for – I'm going to give Jared a little, a little break here. So, Jared, the topic is still yours. You have 21 seconds. Please complete the discussion on red cards. Your time starts now. The review of a hard red card when it comes to the FA. What I don't understand is the application of retroactive discipline – Soft reds are still able to be reviewed for any kind and that's of time. ban. Jared two takes the three points from the second category. Nice work, indeed. Nice job, guys. That was pretty good stuff. Um, all right. So after that game, the points currently stand at Jared with ten and Boise with six. But there is one final game to play, and neither of them know the game itself. So here 
is what it is. It's a game called Who Said That? And as you can probably guess from the title, you have to guess who said it. So I'm going to give each player a manager's quote from their post-match interviews, and they have just 10 seconds to guess who it was. Two points for a correct guess, one point if the opponent guesses it after the 10 seconds. So, Jared, you're up first. Who said these words? Calm down, relax a bit, don't speak too much. Speak, 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 relax. Your time starts now, 10 seconds. Hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, Three, two, Jurgen Klopp. That is incorrect. Incorrect, I'm afraid. Boys, do we have a guess? Ten seconds for you. Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is correct. Yes, sir. Nice work on that one. That will give you the bonus one point. And, boys, you get this quote, which is the following. The first half was a bit stiff. But the second was a lot clearer. Your 10 seconds starts now. Well, given the result of the Arsenal-Swansea game, or Swansea City game, I'm going to go with Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger is incorrect, I'm afraid. Jared, you have 10 seconds. Can you get it? Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola is also incorrect. The actual answer is Jurgen Klopp. Jürgen Klopp Ah. said the first half was a bit stiff, but the second was a lot clearer. Right, I'm going to give you both one more quote, and this is kind of a quick shout-in. So as soon as you think you know the answer, I want you to say your name. So obviously, Jared shout Jared, Boyd shout Boyd, and whoever shouts first, (laughs) just to clarify. Uh, Right, so are you both ready? Yes. The final quote is, It feels like a defeat and knew the game was not over at half-time. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Slavin Bilic. Slavin Bilic is the correct answer. That gets you the two points. Congratulations on that one. And that is the game. So after three rounds of competitive discussion and gameplay, our final scores are... Drumroll, drumroll, drumroll. I've got to actually do my maths as well. Uh, Jared has 10 points. And Boise has... Three, six... 10, 11 points. Voice takes it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, that is the nature of the game. Voice is now technically 2-0 on the, uh, kick the corner flag. Like Arsenal, I come back and rise from the ashes with <laughs> highlights longer than the Stoke City-Watford match this week on today. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. But that is all we have time for today. So big thanks once again to Jared Bustamante and Boyce Richardson to Skype for finally being our technical providers for a succession two weeks in a row and to Roy Hodgson and his resemblance of a barn owl. Be sure to check out our brand new Twitter page at Kick Corner Flag for little insights and fun remarks. Any final words, Jared? Until next time, my friend. Until next time, and boys. See you guys next weekend. See you guys this week. All right, thanks so much, guys. Take it easy. Have a great Halloween, and bye-bye.